0: just one question this week and that comes by email from mike in las vegas i saw a bloody disgusting post that june 6th is robert england day happy 76th birthday robert speaking of which yes happy 76th birthday robert i know it's it's belated at this point when you're listening to this since his birthday was yesterday if you're listening to this on wednesday so i was wondering what are your favorite robert england roles that weren't freddie related And what is your favorite Freddy kill? And I think we're going to have to do a top three on that one because that is really pigeonholing us. (laughs)
1: Love
0: your podcast. Thanks. Well, thanks, Mike.
1: Oh, Mike.
0: (laughs) So curious to see how much overlap we have on our favorite kills. (laughs) I'll go ahead and start because I have an answer. Okay. And that's what I do. Okay. So my favorite Robert England non-Freddy role is arguably one of his more obscure, I think, and not as long-running as I thought it was. And it was when he played the character Blackie in Nightmare Cafe.
1: Oh, I've always wanted to see that. I haven't seen it.
0: It is on YouTube, I found. Um, It is, it's very of its time. Mm -hmm. It it was only six episodes. I felt like it was a lot more. As far as I could tell, it was really well-received. People just, I don't think they quite got what it was and they just weren't tuning in to watch it but the basic premise was two souls find their way to this cafe, this magical cafe that can kind of teleport people any time or place. Kind of the best way to think of it is kind of like it's it's almost Freddy's Nightmare-ish mm-hmm. in the way that it's kind of creating a story within the overarching story. But it's a more well-crafted story with character development that actually kind of ties together. Freddy's Nightmare, for those of you who have been watching it on the screen box, it, it goes off the rails a little a little bit. There was a lot of episodes, but whew, some of those were some interesting episodes. But I love Nightmare Cafe. Like, it really got me into Robert England outside. I think I might have got into that before I got into Freddy.
1: Wow. Because I think I
0: watched this when it was originally on television. So this was kind of my gateway. Wow, I never thought about that. We're really unraveling the layers of John this episode, really early on. (laughs)
2: Look at you, Onion. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then uh, my top, well, we'll start there. Let's go around with that first. So favorite non-Freddy role for Robert. Uh, How about you, Megan?
2: Uh, Gosh. I think I'm going to do this one just because there was two that I had in mind, but one of them is from fleeting memories as a child, from reruns of V when he played Willie. Huh? So, I thought about V
0: too. Yeah, yeah
2: right. but because it's been so long ago and my memories are a bit rusty on that show, I have to go with Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, mm-hmm. oh, where he plays. I love
1: movie.
2: I love the movie Doc. so much, and I do love his little ode to Donald Pleasence as Doc Halloran, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. Ahab, and I feel like that's a little bit against type for him because he's so usually mm-hmm. like the red herring or the villain, so it was just nice to see him be that kind of uh dr loomis type
0: and side note to tubi and all the other streaming services get it back i know it, <laughs> it amazes me that it is not on a streaming service trust
2: right now. me i looked <laughs>
0: i i look almost on a weekly basis oh, yeah it's, it's been off for a while and it's, it's yeah
2: sad. i mean i i own it but it's like when i'm doing streaming picks. yeah yeah i would like
0: it oh, to yeah. be there
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: totally how about you Zena?
1: Okay, uh, this was a hard one because uh, there's one that I desperately want to say, but I feel like I always talk about this movie all the time. That's Wishmaster because, you know, I love yes. <laughs> the genies. But
0: instead... I, I I thought Wishmaster and you at the same time.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to go with something new-ish, kind of new, and I'm going to go with Uncle Grandpa from 2017. He, on Cartoon Network, the cartoon, he did oh. the voice of the man and it's so cool. <laughs> you know, it's just like it, that's, that's like the children's – you know, gateway I to, love that. you know, to Robert England.
2: Oh, your pick brings nice. me joy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, top three Freddy kills. Oh, man. This was up. tough. I, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the original from Nightmare on Elm Street, but not, I, it was a coin flip between two. It was really tough, but I'm picking Johnny Depp's death
2: mm-hmm.
0: when he gets pulled into the bed. Because it's so, it's almost against the other kills that happen in the series. Like, it's not really drawn out. It's not, you know, it's not like a mockery like the later versions where he's just messing with people. He's literally pulled into the waterbed and it just explodes blood. It's it's an amazing visual that just totally works. (laughs) Uh, My second one is the original kill that I first remember seeing... From Nightmare on Elm Street that messed me up so bad, and it's the Marionette Kill from Dream Warriors.
1: It's on my list. Yeah, that was. Okay.
0: Oh my god, it is so. I mean, if you really even think about it, in terms of all horror movie kills and slasher kills, yeah, that has to be one of the most original kills that anyone has ever thought of. Yeah, and this was back in the like the eighties. It's just like, what? <laughs> You're suddenly going to play marionette with the kid's veins yeah. and then drop him off a building? Like, that with a big superimposed Puppet Master Freddy, amazing. Love it. It traumatized the head. The hell out of me when i was like 13
1: oh my god real quick real quick i'm sorry this kind of reminds me oh, when no. i was in sixth grade with one of my best friends named uh jackie i'm really sorry if you're listening we don't talk anymore but just in case if she does so one day i invited her over to watch a movie and i remember she had this thing with her veins she always felt like somebody was gonna snatch her veins out i don't know you oh. know and what we is watched specific it specific
2: fear oh my gosh yeah and we watched it
1: poor girl oh, oh my gosh yeah she was like cringing i feel so bad and I was just, I I always think about her when I think about that scene. So sorry. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Who knew
2: that?
0: I will apologize for you as well, Jackie. That sounds horrible. (laughs) I I
2: had no idea that that would play to a very, very hyper specific fear that exists. I don't know
1: (laughs) where she got that from. It was just the weirdest thing. Like she didn't like looking at her own, like, you know, her hand, like her veins. Yeah. did not want to see the veins, huh? No.
0: (sighs) Maybe that was a fear of one of the writers too, which is why it was such a specific kill.
1: Very true. Um,
0: And as much as Dream Warriors also has so many great kills, I'm going to go for a really weird wild card pick and go jump to Freddy's dead and the video game kill. Oh, yeah. That is so weird because it made me immediately think about how both the combination, and bear with me for just a second, both the cultural phenomenon of video games and rap music and that... Pop culture and, like, people in general didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. They knew it was really popular. They didn't know how to do it well. The people who were writing this stuff and coming up with these ideas were probably a little bit old and probably not even have a concept of what's going on with them. So it's like, oh, video games are popular. Oh, Nintendo. Let's get a tie-in by saying feel the power and a power glove, which is arguably one of the worst inventions from Nintendo that had the best marketing campaign behind it and and then just this really weird video game kill it is so bizarre and specific to the time that it's just like what in the hell were they thinking and it just made me think of if you ever watched like VH1's I Love the 80s -hmm. anytime you saw some like politician or random celebrity like I'm gonna have a rap song now like ooh please don't
2: Maybe I'm giving this movie too much credit, but I kind of feel like the whole point, you know, this is Rachel Talalay who had been uh, on this film franchise for a long time and she's directing. And I kind of feel like the entire concept is like satirizing Freddie Mania and how he became a pop culture phenomenon, which is why they're cramming in all of these pop culture references of the era from Nintendo to the like, this is your brain on drugs infomercial sure. to like everything. Does it work? No, it's an oddball movie, well, but i you know, like that's kind of what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and and I and I totally I get that, and I respect that. It's a problem with cramming it in mm-hmm. that it's like let's let's just figure out a way to satirize all this <laughs> instead. Like it, it could have used a little polish, maybe a rewrite, maybe a little bit more it's to the animation budget. Yeah. It, it's very very wacky playing like a art an Atari controller. And then he just has like a couple of buttons on his glove. You forgot my power glove, like now really, you're dude. power. Exactly, like wow, you really got that Nintendo money rolling. in. <laughs> speaking of which, Nintendo, well, we'll take your money too if you want to give us some. Okay, uh, Xena your top three
1: sure okay so i'm gonna start off with a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors um because that favorite line welcome to prime time you know yeah it's, it's funny it's iconic um even as a kid when i watched it i thought it was funny um so i love that so we already know that freddie that he's he can be fun he can have like these snappy lines and but obviously he can also be scary and i remember the first time he ever scared me which was in the original nightmare on elm street i'm gonna go with tina's death um mm. Because it's crazy because it still kind of creeps me out that she's levitating, you know, off the bed and then she's on the ceiling and then Rod is just standing. I mean, what else could he do, you know, but just stand there. Then later on, Nancy sees Tina in a body, a bloody body bag at that getting dragged down the hallway to the boiler room, you know. So it's just like, okay, you know, that's just just terrifying. So there's that.
0: Well, plus there's the technological achievement of it. Like, let's rotate. the. Oh, let's just rotate the room. Oh, okay.
1: That was like, so what? cool. Like, I think with, I'm pretty sure that you guys have seen it, too, like, behind the scenes. With one of the Blu-rays, yeah. they have that, which is so awesome to to check out with that. And then the last one, this one's a favorite. I really love uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 uh, Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. That one's my favorite of the series. So I'm going to go with the Roach Motel.
0: Yeah, see, the three that you picked were three that I very easily could have picked. Yeah. I really thought about the Roach because of how... Disturbing. It's, so, not what it's just
1: disgusting, and but you know what? If you like body horror, you should watch this. Mm. If you don't like body horror, you should watch this.
0: You should watch this. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. How about you, Megan?
1: You guys
2: got them all. My list is
0: long. Oh, we did. Well, yeah.
2: Well, which ones? <laughs> tell us. Tina, yeah. Roach Motel, and uh the Puppet Master. Philip the Puppet. Oh, that's awesome. so that's my good. my top three. So yeah.
0: I We're mean, awesome and people. and honestly, like we could have gone deeper. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like top three, it's it's hard because there are some uh, considering all the ways Freddy has killed people. Yeah, but there are just those standouts where you're literally watching. Like I remember watching the Roach one. Like, where in the hell was that coming from? And all of a sudden, like this is one of yeah. the most brutal things.
2: Like, oh. oh if we're going like as a quick runner-up just to differentiate a little bit, fives, uh, Greta, where he literally is feeding her mm-hmm. herself today. Oh, death. that one bothered crazy.
0: me. So I didn't know gross.
2: that was even yeah, possible. <laughs> yeah, it was so gross. Oh.
0: Yeah, that that's uh, that's the most disturbing for me. That was the one, like as much as Marionette scene messed me up when I was young. I remember another kid in school told me about that one. And I think it was on the VHS box art even, mm. like when she's in the chair with the really with yeah. the puffed out cheeks, almost like the eraser head looking face Ooh. going on. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and just being like, oh, when one frame of a movie can bother you, like, you know, you did something right yeah. and they did something right there. Speaking about being disturbed and doing something right, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting. You know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from your YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. If you're listening, oh, I'm John. I, I got so excited to just get into things. I forget that I'm here. Oh, yeah. If Hello. you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode <laughs> drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile, too. So, Megan, what's been filling your heart this week?
2: Um. Well... Screenbox has subspecies five, and I realized it's been a very long time since I've watched any of the subspecies movies, and luckily they have all of them. So I went back and watched the first one. I still haven't seen five, but I did. Go back and rewatch the first one. I think the last time I saw it was when my brother and I were little latchkey kids and peddling to the video store and renting Aww. full moon movies. And <laughs> So yeah, Subspecies was kind of like our favorite series as a kid, which probably says a lot about me or maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Subspecies, if you don't know, it's three students who are studying uh, over in Romania. They get caught in a struggle. Between a good vampire and his evil vampire brother, brother uh, Radu, in the Transylvanian mountains, it is an interesting movie because I think I more vividly remember the sequels that had a very different character. Like because Michelle is the lead protagonist in the franchise, and Radu, like the evil vampire, is the overarching villain in the series. And so it was a different cast. Like, this one it had a very different actress, and then from two on, it was Denise Duff. So this one mm-hmm. was, like, when she had a romance with the good brother, who is out of the equation immediately after the first movie. Um, so it's very interesting. CC, like, a very different tone, and it's very inspired by a lot of the classics. A little bit Nosferatu, a little bit mm-hmm. Dracula, a lot more moody. So, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. It's definitely, like... I don't, I don't want to say it's a like classier full moon joint because I don't want to make that sound like I'm disparaging full moon, right. but it, it is like got this weird kind of gothic elegance that's mm-hmm. very different. Mm. But yeah, it's fun. If you like full moon and you like vampires, then yeah, it's it's fun. It's definitely a 1991 movie and it shows, but that's not a bad thing. And then completely switching gears, I watch Wolf Creek too. That was uh, that was released in 2013. Um, it's available on Prime Video. If you are unfamiliar, there's really not much in the way of plot. It's it's a sequel to 2005's <laughs> Wolf Creek, and uh, it's a bunch of backpack. Well, not a bunch. It's like three backpackers that get caught in the crosshairs of Mick Taylor, who is a pig hunter slash serial killer, and he pretty much mm. tortures them. And Wolf Creek Two decides to up the ante a bit. Um, He's still torturing and killing. The gore is off the charts. They dialed that up. They padded out the body count a bit. And then they just let Mick Taylor, you know, loose. Like, the actor behind him. They're like, just have fun. Be as deranged as possible. And he said, I got this. And he was (laughs) deranged as possible. So, yeah, I think uh, if you think that Wolf Creek, the first one, is a little too slow, then try Wolf Mm. Creek 2. Because... I was trying to think, I don't want to compare it to, you know, like Terrifier and Terrifier 2 or Night and Day, but it kind of is like that in a little bit. You know, like Wolf Creek I liked, but it is very bleak and grim and slow. Um, This one, I won't say that it's happy. It's still bleak, but they definitely pick up (sighs) the pace and they definitely let him get a bit almost cartoonish over the top. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and TCM2, I feel like is probably a good... A good way to describe it, but it's just super gory, super bleak, um, but with a little bit of unhinged serial killer personality to the mix. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, I never
0: <laughs> saw the second one. I think I saw the first one in the theater, and I remember I did just thinking too. that at the end, because what's the what the the thing he calls it like a puppet on a stick or something when he does like the whole spine thing? Oh, like, yeah. I remember when he did that in the first one. I was like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> this is. <laughs> This is too much for me right now, especially because, like you said, the first one, it, the pacing, yeah, is so much slower, and then it when it ramps up, you're like, "This." I was not prepared yeah, to the, switch gears this quick.
2: Yeah, the first one like really makes you get to know the characters before he tortures them, and this one's like, you already know what to expect. We're gonna nah. focus more <laughs> on him. So
0: yeah. Yeah, and don't be fooled with the based on a true story thing. This is only based on the fact that people disappear in the outback. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Yeah, not the fact that there was actually a guy that they know of, or kind of like the the strangers. They found bodies. That's it. Like, P- Hollywood got really excited on that whole based on a true story thing That's, for a while.
1: I don't know. Like, mm. Would have fooled me. <laughs> I mean,
0: hey, they could be completely accurate for all I know. I'm not gonna be in the outback anytime soon, so I'm <laughs> I'm safe saying these things. I would go. <laughs> What'd you watch, Zena?
1: Uh so first thing, um I finished uh, the fantasy novel by Stephen King called Fairy Tale. Um, I started yeah I started reading it okay. this was in April and then I slowed down because I didn't want it to end so I just stopped Aww. completely <laughs> because you know I what am I gonna do without it but then finally I'm like come on it's just still sitting there so basically this one is about Charlie Reed a 17 year old boy who inherits these keys to a place that's very uh-huh. hidden and there's monsters and there's cool things going on and there's a battle between good and evil. So if you read Stephen King's books, any of his books, this one is very different from his other books. Um, I don't want to say that it's lighthearted because there's still some stuff that's kind of dark, but not too much. I It seemed like he really cared. Not saying he didn't care about his other characters, but it seemed like he really cared about yeah. the character Charlie. So I won't spoil it because it's still pretty new. Um this 17 year old boy charlie he has been through so much he lost his mom at a very young age and then temporarily he lost his father to alcoholism alcoholism and it's really sad to watch because he he's just a kid dealing with so much and even the way his mother died is very tragic Aww. so yeah based on the title alone um you know fairy tales this one plays a big it plays a big part in the overall story <gasps> no! oh no oh my god it's okay i'm glad i changed mine oh my god okay all right should i keep going
2: yeah you keep going
1: all righty okay um but yeah so if you like fairy tales so think like grim fairy tales there's hansel and gretel something wicked come this way rubble stiltskin a little bit of never ending story so it's really cool so again i really 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 enjoyed this one i didn't want it to end um but yeah uh, i'm pretty sure that they're gonna there's going to be a movie or a series soon you know i didn't want to like look it up because it would just make me sad because i finished the book and what do i have now you know yeah so it's fine but yeah i really enjoyed that one so if you um you're looking to read something a little bit whimsical you could check that out uh, then the next thing I checked out, um, I checked out the dark thriller, um, The Occupant from 2020. It's on Netflix. And an un- oh my gosh, an unemployed executive is forced to sell his apartment. When he discovers that he still has the keys, he becomes obsessed with the family that now lives there and decides to recover the life he lost at any price. OK, so this is a real slow burn that really surprised me. I thought that it was going to be... know, like a thriller, just like, you know, oh, sneaking in, I'm going to change your shampoo bottles. No, it's, it's, it's very, very dark. So there's this guy named Javier Munez and, you know, it's unfortunate. He lost his job. He used to have like this high paying position. He, his apartment, his family's apartment, gorgeous, gorgeous view. So posh and like, mm, right. His son attended like this fancy private school. His wife didn't really have to work. And now she comes home smelling like bleach all the time because of her job. His son gets teased and now he has to go to public school. And he was even willing to take like a very, very low entry job, but they didn't want to hire him. They felt like he's, you know, he could do so much more. So then finally, he's tired and he gets so tired of it. So he decides to take it in his own hands. Um, And every single time when they move out of that apartment, it breaks his heart, but not in the way that you think. It just kind of reminds him that he's broke. He's broken and he's frustrated. So because of that, um, he feels like a failure. And now he just, again, decides to just take it into his own hands and things get dark. It is a little bit depressing, Um, especially if you're someone where, say, if you were laid off from a job before or fired or whatever the case uh-huh. may be. You know, those feelings will come back. Oh, boy. But, I mean, yeah, he takes it a little bit too far, clearly. um, (laughs) Because at first, again, you do feel sorry for him, you know, um, and he's really trying. But then after a while, it's just like you don't. He's just not a likable person at all. How he treats his wife, how he treats his son, it's just, it's disgusting. So, but, yeah, he stalks the family in this new apartment. It's this guy who has this really high position. His wife is literally perfect, and so is his daughter. And yeah, um, things just take a really dark turn. So I really enjoyed it. It has like a, again, it is a thriller, but because there is like a stalker element, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that it does have that feel, like the horror feel, because it literally, not even trying to sound like cheesy, it gave me chills because you never know, who knows what's going on in your life and the way that he was able to just come in like that. And it was like, it wasn't like in a threatening way. So what but are you going to do? You going to call the police? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But still. So, but yeah, um, especially that ending. The ending. Woo. But yeah, so I checked it out. It's on Netflix. If you want to have like a little thrill, a little rush in your life, I recommend checking that one out. Nice.
0: And I feel a little bit weird now because I asked you what you watched and you started with a book. Like I was okay. presupposing that you wouldn't have read anything. I mean,
1: you know, this so... is the first time I've ever presented a book to you guys because normally, <laughs> which every single time I tell you, I haven't really always had the best of luck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Um, so this is like the first time ever It's like, yeah, I'm, g- I'm going to share. Sharing is
0: caring. Aww.
2: That makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And as a person with two degrees that involve reading, I never talk about books. So I should talk. I'm going to talk about one too, but not because I'm reading. Okay. <laughs> because my daughter is. Oh. My daughter has just started reading Neil Gaiman's Graveyard Book. Ooh. Yeah. And which I think is might be a little above where like her age and like horror level because of how it starts out. I remember reading it and being like, holy crap like this is a kid's book like this is starting out <laughs> intense as hell um but it's a fantastic book it's neil gaiman i mean pick up a neil gaiman book it's yeah. they're all so good yeah american gods is fantastic um what's the what's the angels one They oh they did a tv series um uh
2: good omens is it
0: good good omens think good omens is so Oh, Good, it's just because classic Neil Gaiman's got such a great sense of humor, and yeah, go read Neil Gaiman Graveyard book. If uh, Graveyard book is supposed to be YA, honestly, I think adults can read it just fine and still find some scares. Um, so yeah, go read that. And but really, what I did was I watched movies, <laughs> and the first one I watched was 2018's The Farm, mm-hmm. a Xena pick, which is available on Tubi. A young couple gets kidnapped and treated like farm animals after stopping at a roadside diner to eat meat. I don't know. That's a weird synopsis, honestly, for this movie. It's not wrong, but it's it's weird. Uh, so why this one, Zena?
1: Well, I'm sorry that you watched it first. Um, it, It's because it's gross and um, it's very upsetting. But I feel like we all have our battles, John. We all have to experience things sometimes in life. <laughs>
0: That, that's why uh yeah, so this one uh I'm not gonna watch again yeah because of a lot of reasons mm-hmm. mostly this is gonna this is the weirdest analogy and really just go with me this felt like someone was like watched a Serbian film and they're like, yeah but let's take most of the sexual assault out of it mm-hmm And put it on a farm because it is like, it is, this is a brutal effing movie. It
1: is very upsetting.
0: It is like, they were like, okay, how can we make this bad right now? Let's do that. All right. How can we make this worse? Okay. Let's do that. And at the end, you're just like, Mm -hmm. I just feel gross. Yeah.
1: And what's so weird, like when I first watched it and I won't spoil it just in case, but like <laughs> you're like rooting clearly for the characters to get out of the position. And every single yeah. time that you think like, oh, they're gonna make it, and then something even just worse just it just keeps on happening and happening and yeah. stacking and stacking. Um so it's like I won't say that I like it, but I just feel like <laughs> it's an experience.
0: Yes. Yes. This is one of those moves. this this I will give it that much. Mm-hmm. This is a movie, There, there is absolutely an audience for this. I'm not besmirching the creators, writers, whatever. They did what they did. They made a movie that's more than I could ever say. And I'm sure that there are people who absolutely love it. It is not my wheelhouse. It is a hard watch. Mm-hmm. Now, there are listeners out there who do like more intense stuff and mm-hmm. they look for more intense stuff. Totally check out The Farm. But it is not, it's not my bag because it's, it it pushes it yeah. quite a bit. So, yeah. And it's on Tubi. Tubi. We love Tubi. And then I watched 2011's Livid, the Megan pick, which was on Shudder. I think it's still on Shudder. The suggestion of a big treasure hidden somewhere inside Mrs. Jessel's once-renowned classical dance academy will become an irresistible lure to a fiendish trap for Lucy and her friends. Which is actually a fantastic synopsis mm-hmm. that doesn't give anything away. <laughs> so why is this one? Why this one, Megan?
2: Because it is up until recently, uh, largely thanks to Shutter, been pretty difficult to watch unless you import it. So I felt like you needed to strike while it was available. And two, mm. it's more to me in the kind of atmospheric tone of like the deep house that I thought you would appreciate.
0: Mm. I absolutely did uh, this. I'm not going to say that this is necessarily like a a rotation movie for me, but what I, I couldn't quite put my finger on what I was watching because I was trying to like think of the tone of it because you watch it and then you pick up on the themes and then you understand what it's actually about and what's going on and all that. But there was some, there was a different feel about it that I couldn't quite figure out. And what I realized was, is that, the genre of movie, which I'm not gonna give away of, of what this what this is about that you find out with a home invasion movie, but created as a film version of an interpretive dance. Hmm. Because there is so much visual elegance to the way they are specifically shooting this, and because of the dance themes themselves, and just the interpretations. There's certain Moments that are literally like you are, I mean, literally and figuratively in some parts watching a dance, Mm -hmm. like it is almost like you are watching and my wife and I used to love that. So you think you could dance Mm -hmm. show because like my wife used to be a dancer and I, I couldn't dance if you paid me all the money in the world. And I still wouldn't even try, but I always really, I get really captivated by people who can control their bodies that way and, and dance, especially interpretive dance, because it is art. It is like their interpretation of the music and the movement. And that's what this movie felt like to me, that you take this tale, we'll say, but almost create like a different flow, like the filmmaker. I mean, I have to assume the filmmaker or the writer has some ties to the dance world because that's what it feels like. It's
2: the same directors as Inside and Deep House. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if they have any dance connections, Julian, Bustillo, and If if they
0: don't. I'm impressed as hell. Cause that's how it felt. It felt like a dance horror movie to me, <laughs> but it's not like, that's not the point. Like that's a theme within it, but I don't know. It just, it, it felt different than a lot of horror movies that I've ever seen before. I totally understand the visual component tying it to the deep house for sure. Uh, But yeah, there's just something about the flow and maybe even the deep house because you're also tilting the haunted house on its head. Yeah. It's kind of that same concept. Let's take a tale you know and just tonally shift it. There's... Like just to the side.
2: It's interesting because, you know, horror is not really a huge thing in france um and therefore i don't think halloween is either and this Mm -hmm. is them doing a halloween movie which is not giving any kind of genre away but the way that they're interpreting halloween and kind of focusing on like the will of the wisp and like the Mm -hmm. the fairy tale like to me it's got the fluidity like that serene kind of flow of the deep house um a little bit of the palette Mm -hmm. too but it's it's very much like a horror
1: fairy tale for me
0: yes yeah that's a that's a a great way to put it uh, as well
1: i was always felt like it was kind of like i won't say the other part it felt like don't breathe Mm. but with Mm. yeah you know you know what i mean because that's a spoiler yeah
0: yeah no that there's that because it's the home invasion Mm -hmm. aspect of things and yeah no kudos to him like normally when i watch any french horror I'm, i'm also expecting it to just be Oh, this is going to get brutal. Yeah. And it, I mean, it doesn't really. Like, it's horror. It's definitely horror, yeah. but it's not trying to go over the top with that. Like, it's more storytelling and visual storytelling and what's going on with some really disturbing imagery, too, at the same time. But no, I, uh, this is another one. It, it was outside. Like, I'd never heard of it. I would have blown right past it on shutter sometimes because i just don't like the navigation on Shutter's <laughs> dashboard but that's my thing uh but this is a great one i totally recommend it and like megan said if it's normally not on streaming or it hasn't been on streaming for a while go check it out now while well, you got a chance i don't think you're gonna regret yeah. it i think it's a really really strong uh, movie just
2: for perspective this this is a 2011 movie that did not become available until 2023 or 2022 i think so the crazy. first yeah.
0: This is the first time it's been streaming? It
2: streamed I think once before, yeah. which must have then been it... last year. Wow. Either it was, like, gone. the begin... yeah, and then it it was either earlier this year or last year sometime that was the very first time that it was available um to watch.
0: Man, if it was available to be picked up by streaming and streaming services just weren't picking it up, that's a failure. This is this is a that well, it's like behind the mask. What get it on streaming? Yeah, but it never Show It, it never us.
2: got a VOD release. It never got a DVD that's slash crazy. Blu-ray release either. It just was like nothing until like Shutter actually like acquired and streamed it for. And it wasn't even very long. It was like there for mm-hmm. a month or two, and then off, and then it's back on again. So you know, that's why I was like, watch it while you can, because who knows? It's I don't know what the mm-hmm. deal is with this movie, but
0: yeah, go check it out for sure. Okay, before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it or read?
2: (laughs) I watched Subspecies on Screenbox. You can watch all of them. If you love Radu and Michelle, go watch them all. Um, And then I also Mm -hmm. watched Wolf Creek 2, which is on Prime Video.
1: I read uh, Stephen King's Fairy Tales. I got it from Amazon. (laughs) And then um, I uh, watched The Occupant on Netflix.
0: Uh. My daughter is reading Neil Gaiman's Graveyard Book, which she actually got from a teacher who's like, you like scary stuff, right? She wears her creepy podcast shirt to school a lot. She's really proud of. So she's kind of turning into the horror girl already in school. so cool. Uh, And then I watch 2018's The Farm on Tubi and 2011's Livid on Shudder. Watch it while you can. Okay, before we move on, I need stuff to watch. Uh, I think Megan's up first.
2: Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a choice. Do you want a reader, as you put it,
0: or not? <laughs> no reader.
2: Okay, then I've had
0: a lot of readers.
2: You may regret that later, uh, oh because you're gonna God. watch <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: I've already watched Zombie zombievers. That is
1: such a good movie. I
0: know. It's the first time in a while. I'll tell you what, the opening sequence with Bill Burr and who I didn't realize was John Mayer until much, much later is still one of my favorite sequences in comedy horror. Bill oh,
1: oh, Burr, man. I love him. Louie is so funny. Okay.
0: I mean, I'll watch it again. I don't
1: mind. <laughs> no,
2: no. We already assigned this. I need to keep, we need to spreadsheet now and keep track
1: of it. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I think we there's probably so do. There's so
0: many.
2: Yeah, because there's like a few that I've thought about giving you and I'm like, I'm pretty sure we've done that already. Um, trying to think of one that we can have you watch that has not been.
0: Okay, give me the reader. Then yeah. you can give me the reader. Okay, it's fine.
2: Uh, The Witch Part One Subversion, which is also on Shutter.
0: The Witch Part One Subversion.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a crazy title, but it's Korean right. horror.
0: I'm sure it sounds beautiful in Korean. It's <laughs> it's the American language it screws yeah. it up. Uh, all right, Zena.
1: Do you mind another reader or do you, <laughs> well, you want a break?
0: <laughs> oh, let's do the pay one. You've been te- you teased the pay one. Last oh, yeah, week. but let's now do I one.
1: don't know anymore. What, I mean, well, that's true. I did give you the farm, so I might as well. Yeah, okay, come I'll on. hold you off on the reader for now. And let me just see if that movie is still available. Okay, well, first, have you seen this movie called The Hole from 2001?
0: I don't think so.
1: Okay. It is available on Prime Video for six dollars, or on Google Play for four dollars.
0: Oh, I might have to go Google Play, or
1: on YouTube. But for I don't know six the price. bucks a, re-
0: a two thousand one rental so, for I don't, six. I don't know. Bucks? That's
1: what it's showing on like Google. But if you have Paramount Plus, you can watch it for free.
0: Uh, oh, I do have Paramount Plus.
1: Okay, it is on Paramount Yay. Plus.
0: Okay. <laughs> saved me okay i am quick before we move on i do want to let listeners know that there might not be an episode next week not because we're not going to try recording speaking of which sorry about last week memorial day kind of got on top of us as far as recording was concerned we are going to try out a new recording method next week so if there isn't an episode it's user error that we will correct (laughs) as quickly as possible we want to be recording as much as you want us to so If there isn't an episode next Wednesday, it was a mistake, and we will work it out, but ideally, it will be there. That's it. Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horrors. What's going on, Megan?
2: Your favorite clown is coming back. I'm going to say he's your favorite clown. Pennywise? (laughs) No, the other favorite the other favorite art the clown um he's officially going to be back it's official uh terrifier 3 is happening director damien leone and producer phil falcone will return to oversee the continuation of the franchise i surely hope that damien leone would be back because otherwise what the heck no but um yeah no so he's for sure back don't worry didn't mean to scare you um a lot is being kept under wraps obviously but david howard thornton plays art the clown and lauren lavera who played his uh nemesis sienna are among the cast expected to return for the sequel filming is expected to get underway in november or december of this year for release in late 2024 uh terrifier 3 will be another boundary pushing addition to the horror genre continuing the no holds barred uncompromising exploits Fans of the franchise have come to expect and celebrate," Damien Leone said. "If you thought Art the Clown's Reign of Terror in Part Two was extreme, you haven't seen anything yet. And this is from the mastermind, the puppet master of Art. So if he's saying we haven't seen anything yet. Um, you've got you've got time to prepare, and we're probably going to need all the time to prepare." Um, adds Priscilla Ross Smith, the founder of Coven, the Coven who is handling the worldwide sales of Terrifier Three. She said, "This, this, there will be a much bigger budget this time around, which is intended to give the filmmakers more creative freedom and let them be as wild as they can be. All jokes aside, we're going for that Oscar this year." Um,
0: oh, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. For those of you who don't know, *Terrifier* two was submitted for the Oscars for visual for visual effects. That is not a joke. It absolutely was, um, and it was actually a really cool pitch that I got a chance to watch the video of. Uh, and we we missed talking about it, but Fangoria's Chainsaw Awards were last week.
2: They were a couple two weeks of weeks ago. Two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and Terrifier two won at least one two, didn't it? I
2: feel like it won like three to four. It wow. was
0: best kill best. Do you
2: want me to pull it up?
0: Some theatrical release
2: chainsaw. Uh, well, I will tell you. It might
0: have been best. It wasn't best horror movie. Or best director was Nope. Best, best i think the phone won screenplay all right so Screenbox had phone.
2: five chainsaw awards Whoa. um nice so they had
0: oh they won for it too yeah didn't it they? was
2: one of them um so damien leon's terrifier 2 won four chainsaw awards Um uh, wow. best limited release movie of 2022
0: yeah okay. best makeup yep.
2: effects best kill sure and then yeah. um star lauren Laverne was the first ever recipient of the editor's eyeball award for her work as final That's girl so sienna awesome. so yeah
0: four, Oh, good for her awesome yeah. yeah. well awards
2: deserved. yeah so yeah
0: nice. yeah i was a little bummed that dead stream didn't win for best uh fe- premiere uh, there was there was feature. a few
2: surprising I, omissions feature. but uh at least terrifier yeah. got the recogni- recognition it deserves so i'm happy about that yeah yeah um So, yeah, get ready, because, man, that sounds like that's going to be a a doozy, like (laughs) Damien with a bigger budget for special effects. Um, And then switching gears to one that is uh, an independent that nobody really knows just yet. Lightball Film Distribution has announced the U.K. release for sci-fi horror movie The Breach, which will be available on demand and download in the U.K. and Ireland on July 10th. Australia, New Zealand from July 12th. There is no release date yet. For the US, but you can watch the trailer for the UK on, um, release online now. This was directed by Rue Morgue magazine founder Rodrigo Goudinho, who previously directed The Last Will and Testament of Rosalind Lee. Uh, The breach tells the story of John Hawkins counting down his last days as chief of police in the tiny town of Lone Crow nestled deep in the desolate woods of northern Ontario. But when a mangled body with uncanny wounds washes up on the shores of the Porcupine River, what a plucky statement, Porcupine River, Um, (laughs) he's pulled into a horrific (laughs) mystery that defies comprehension. Nothing says Lovecraftian terror like the Porcupine River. It just makes me feel like <laughs> summer camp, which is not this movie. But anyways, I digress. Uh, Guns N' Roses legendary guitar hero slash executive produced and co-produced the score. The film is based on the novel by acclaimed horror novelist Nick Cutter. I love Nick Cutter, Nick Cutter's books. He he wrote The Troop. Um, he co-wrote this with uh, Ian Weir. So he this is based on a book and he also wrote co-wrote the screenplay so yeah some lovecraftian horror from a lot of horror names and it'll some it'll come at our way at some point but uk ireland australia new zealand you get it first hooray Yay! Yeah, yay! <laughs> yay. <laughs> john's like i got nothing yay um nah. yeah and then uh some territory we're bearing back into territory that is familiar um, whatever you do, don't open your eyes, but you should, cause it's a movie, <laughs> um, a brand new international spin-off movie set in the world of 2018 Netflix hit Bird Box called Bird Box Barcelona is going to premiere on Netflix on July 14th. Um, but Bird Box Barcelona, that is a tongue twister a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, it is not a sequel. It is a sidequel. It is set at the same time as the original movie, just, mm-hmm. you know, across the globe. After a mysterious force decimates the world's population by causing all who see it to take their lives, Sebastian and his young daughter Anna must navigate their own journey of survival through the desolate streets of Barcelona, but as they form an uneasy alliance with other survivors and make their way toward a safe haven, a threat more sinister than the unseen creature grows. The first spin spin-off movie will be a Spanish-language thriller set in Barcelona, obviously, because it's in the title. Uh, The Occupant, Filmmakers... Alex and David Whoa. Pastor wrote and directed the film. So we love all of this coming together. So yeah, if you're yeah. curious, the trailer is available online now.
0: Just so long as they don't utterly kill my daddy heart like original Bird Box did. Aww. I still, I couldn't sleep. Aww. That river scene was the saddest. Oh God. I don't, don't know. <laughs> Make sad. they're there they're there start thinking about art all right listeners your turn how many people do you think art will kill in Terrifier three with a bigger budget is there a pluckier location name than the porcupine river <laughs> you can call our texas at 224-475-1040 the number is also in the show notes or feel free to email us at bediscussingpodcasts at gmail.com Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? We do
1: have a sea of so many movies, but I kind of cut it down because, <laughs> you know, boom. I don't know. I was going to sing. All right. Well, first off, on Tuesday, <laughs> the 6th. Well, why just stop? I, mean, I don't know. Because don't it's just like... Concert. don't you hate it like when you're waiting for someone just to get to something and then they want to start talking like what i'm doing right now or imagine i was singing a song <laughs> like that's you basically like... just
0: like listening to the radio so yeah we're fine yeah.
1: <laughs> but singing us it's not like i even have like like a beat it's just me in my but closet
2: we need that because everybody has been missing some xena razzle dazzle oh, okay. for that's two true. weeks okay so...
1: so
0: i'm just really amused that we just keep prolonging this <laughs> even longer <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get to, to it.
0: <laughs> Maybe
1: I'll have a song at the end. Well, you have to listen to find Ooh. out. Okay, so Tuesday All the 6th, right. by the time this comes out, Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story will be finally available on Screenbox. So if you want to check out that Ooh. documentary, run over there, which is why you should be subscribed to Screenbox at this point. Like, come on. Thank you. Do it also we have pollen this will be available on Bod after being assaulted by a senior co-worker a young woman's dream job becomes a living nightmare she tries to keep her career together while being tormented in her dreams by a mysterious tree monster <laughs> dun, dun, dun. sorry I know
0: that wasn't supposed to be funny but yeah like I don't know, like, I don't
1: know that, I'm I'm intrigued so I need to see this tree monster also, over on bloodydisgusting.com, Megan created a list um five Robert England movies to stream for Robert England Day, which is tomorrow by the time this comes out, like on Tuesday. But you can still check it, it out. Yes. On you Wednesday. you know. Things.
0: Yeah, it's available. Cool. Yeah.
1: So, um, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is available on Screenbox, and then Dead and Buried, it's available on AMC. Plus. Peacock, Prime Video, Shudder, Tubi, Voodoo. And if you need a little sleaze in your life, um, Eaten Alive is available on AMC Plus, Night Flight, um, Peacock, Plex, Shudder, Tubi, Galaxy of Terra. You can just Google this, okay? And then also Jack Brooks, (laughs) the monster slayer. Yes. Yeah. And then we're going to go all the way to Friday the 9th. We have the angry black girl and her monster. It'll be available in theaters. So this movie tells the story of a teen who's on a desperate quest to cure death. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. Okay. And then we have the supernatural horror thriller, Brooklyn 45. This will be available on Shudder. Best friends since childhood, five military veterans gather to support their troubled hosts and the metaphoric ghosts of their past become all too literal. And then on Tuesday, the 13th, we have The Pope's Exorcist. This will be available on DVD um, as the Vatican's leading exorcist. Investigates the possession of a child, he uncovers a cons- conspiracy the Vatican has tried to keep a secret. So if you missed this in theaters like I did, I, I feel like I keep mentioning this, and it's also streaming. You will be able to own it. So yippee kaye! And then the Hunt Club. <laughs> this will also be available on DVD or Blu Ray. Um, three women lured to an island with the chance to win a hundred thousand dollars in a hunt discover they are being hunted. So. That's what we have that's going on. Again, Screenbox Box is available as well as a bloody disgusting TV. Thank you. Can
2: we put like yippee Kaye the Xena soundbite over a picture of Russell <laughs> Crowe as the Pope's exorcist on a Vespa? I feel like it's the perfect sound to accompany that Or image.
0: Or him leaning out like a broken window in Nakatomi Plaza, like with a machine gun <laughs> yeah, in his hand. Yeah, if we want okay. keep, to keep
2: it going, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Zena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name or at Lovely Zena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Be or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at be Disgusting. And if our new technology actually works next week, you might see us a little bit on said TikTok. So, for this week, I'm John.
1: I'm Megan. I'm Zena.
0: Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, watch something you love, just make sure it's something bloody. Happy birthday, Robert England. Yeah.